1: Hello, welcome to the Ghosts of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKellie. Thank you for joining us for episode 69 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we'll be discussing chapter 68 of A Game of Thrones. That's Daenerys 9.
0: As always, we're going to chat about the chapter, and we're going to try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully we're going to provide you some entertainment along the way.
1: We'll do the usual, we'll summarise what's happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, if we can think of anything, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some reader mail. Be sure to check out the show notes, they give you a bit of extra information, which will be useful if you're not reading along. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing all right. how about you? Good, not too bad. Alright.
1: That's good. Oh, Carson was not COVID positive.
0: Good, good, good. I just
1: I, I, just happened to listen to last week's, and so I knew I had to sort of respond to that because people might be worried about her. Right. And so I have now got to sleep in the new bed. It's very nice. Very
0: nice. All right. Comfy cozy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Does the uh, dog take up the the prime real estate? Oh, yeah. The
1: dogs like the bed. It's not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So, uh, so,
1: what have you got for me? There's there's words here that have got me all excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what to think. Um,
0: no, we got a lot. To, uh, this chapter's got a lot, so don't have a whole lot of time to chat. But there was one funny story I wanted to relay to you. So we got a we got an email from a uh, friend of the pod, Steve, in New Jersey. We communicate with him from uh, time to time, and he sent you, in a uh, he sent us an email earlier this week that that uh, said. Uh, we made his day when I uh, referred to – matter-of-factly referred to Ned Stark as – Sean a, Bean? A heads-up a heads guy. <laughs> oh,
1: a heads-up guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, <laughs> so I was sitting in Molly's bedroom uh, when I was reading this because she was trying to show me some stuff on Amazon. She wanted to get a friend for a, a secret Santa – exchange that they're doing and so i was laughing to myself and she's like what are you laughing at and i told her i was like you know we just got this email from a, a listener uh of ours and I, I told her what it said and she goes it still surprises me that people want to listen to you <laughs> I was like, oh man she didn't even see, turn around, didn't break stride at all. <laughs> Steve has gone up in my estimation, and Molly's gone down. That's right. You recall during that 50th episode special, she said she was our number one fan. <laughs> I have a hunch she might have been lying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, you're, you're right. We are we are we have a long one today, so let's get down to business. Quick recap of what Danny was up to last time we saw her. Last time we saw Danny, she was worrying over Kaldrogo's declining health after he removed the newly enslaved Miri Mazdua's poultice a little bit early. To be fair, a little bit. yep. He eventually was unable to ride and fell off his horse. So Jora suggested that they flee before the Cal died and the Calasar tore itself apart in the power vacuum. Instead, Danny called upon Miri Mazdour once again. This time she used blood magic to keep the cow from dying, but at the cost of a life for a life. When the cow's blood riders discovered what was up, a fight broke out, leaving the blood riders dead, Jora wounded. Afterward, Danny appeared to have gone into labor, and Jora carried her into the tent where Miri specifically told Danny no living creature should go. What, McKelly? why don't we give them the summary? Okay.
0: So Danny's dreaming, and in her dream, it, it consists of a so a bunch of small vignettes. The first one is her with Drogo in a Dothraki sea. Then her with Viseri shouting at her. Then she sees her son Rago as an adult, but he bursts into flames as he reaches out for her. The whole time she's walking down a stone corridor trying to reach a red door at the end. Spectral kings urge her to go faster. She sprouts wings and flies, terrorizing everything in her path. She goes through the red door and finds her brother Rhaegar in his armor. Only, when she lifts his visor, it's her own face looking back at her.
1: Danny wakes, but soon loses consciousness again. The next time she wakes, she asks to hold a dragon egg before Miri Mazdur gives her a sleeping potion. The third time she wakes, she feels sore but strong. The dragon egg she's holding is oddly hot to the touch, and she feels something stretch and twist inside it. She asks her handmaids to bring Sir Jorah and Miri Mazdor, Kaldrogo, and her son Rago. Two of the maids find excuses to leave in a hurry, but Jikwi isn't so lucky. Danny grabs her and wants to know what's up. She says the car lives, but her son didn't.
0: While Danny feels the other eggs and feels the same heat as the one she's been sleeping with, Sir Jorah and Miri Mazdor enter. Jorah feels nothing but cold stone when he touches the egg. And Miri explains that Rego was twisted, scaled, monstrous, and stillborn. Danny thinks Jorah killed her baby out of love and loyalty when he carried her into the tent. But when she tells Miri that she thought the death that paid for Drogo's life was the horse, Miri says that that's a lie she told herself, that Danny always knew what the price was. Danny wants to see the cow whose life she paid for with her sons.
1: They exit the tent, and Danny sees that the place is empty. Where forty thousand once were, is now about a hundred. Jorah explains that Drogo's coasts proclaimed themselves Karls and left. The khalasar splitting into a dozen new ones. Danny learns that her newest maid, Eroa, was raped and killed. After vowing vengeance on the men responsible, she finds Drogo laying in the dirt, covered in flies and blind. Jorah explains that Drogo can walk if led, and will eat and drink if you put food and water to his lips.
0: Miri says that Danny asked for the cow to live, and that's what she got. When she asked when he will be as he was, Miri says that when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, when the seas go dry, when the mountains blow in the wind like leaves, and Danny bears a living child. Danny's less than pleased and sends all but Miri away. When alone, Danny says, Miri knew what she was buying and at what cost and still let her do it. Miri says her prophesied son won't trample any villages now. She also cites all the atrocities committed by the Dothraki on her Lazarine village as reasons for the betrayal. Danny says she
1: saved Miri's life, and Miri retorts, Look at your car to see what life is with nothing. After Danny has Miri taken away to be bound, she bathes Drogo and spends the night trying everything in her power to spark some life in him. Nothing works. As the sun rises, she takes a pillow and puts it over Drogo's face.
0: We've lost another. I know. So ends the life of Cal Drogo. Yeah, and Rago. I mean, think about it. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were
1: going to have a stallion that mounted the world. Instead, we've got Stillborn. Yeah. Never know him.
0: hundred folks left in the Kalasar. Man. Yeah, the the kettlestar's gone. Right, (laughs) they left the uh, old and the sick and the young, basically too young, too young to be much use. You gotta think the
1: parents of the too young to be much use would be like, "Hang on, (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: a good point." (laughs) 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 Well, do we have to race off so quickly? (laughs) Uh, So the uh, this. Yeah, I was just telling Simon before we started recording, I have pro- I've read through this chapter probably three times and I bet I have audio booked this chapter six times. And I'm still have trouble keeping all the details straight because there's just so many little scenes and so many details in those little scenes. I'm having trouble keeping them all organized. So, uh, yeah,
1: imagine how it is for me.
0: <laughs> Uh, well, I guess well, we should well, start by stepping we've got through notes. the dream. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, we've got notes.
1: Hopefully, they won't lead us astray. Yeah. So, so the sort of like the the recurring theme in the dream. Well, one of the recurring themes is you don't want to wake the dragon. She keeps hearing a voice saying you don't want to wake the dragon, do you?
0: Yeah. yeah. Which, of
1: course, is words that we heard from Viserys several times.
0: Right. But yes, right. she doesn't
1: actually attribute them to Viserys here.
0: But yeah, she hears this yeah. disembodied voice. Which, with every new scene of the dream, but the first one starts out with her walking down a stone corridor, and there's a red door far ahead. She's leaving bloody footprints on the stone of the corridor while she's walking, and she knows she can't look behind her.
1: Yeah, so just, just, just sort of interjecting here, can we? Is it spoiler to say? Well, I mean, obviously, Caldrogo's gone, Rago's gone. So, and Viserys is gone. Yep. So, Danny is now the Targaryen line. If right. the Targaryens plan to get back on the throne, it's Daenerys Targaryen.
0: Yep, I think that's where this dream is going. So, yes.
1: the red door obviously is an allusion back to her favorite place that she lived growing up—the in Pentos, Bravos, no, not Pentos, uh, the, Braavos, the big house right.
0: with the lemon tree and the red the door in Bravos, right. where Sir Willem Derry took her and Viserys after they fled dragons. That's right.
1: And so, for her, the red door represents sort of like an ultimate goal, thing she's trying to get to. Right. And her bloody footsteps presumably represent to get to that goal is going to take some bloodshed.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I had not thought about it like that. I was thinking because the the footprints change from the beginning of the dream to the end of the dream. I was thinking of it as. The f- Her leaving the blood on the footprints, or her leaving a blood, her leaving bloody footprints on the stone was kind of like her acquiescing to the world, you know, like the world was taking its toll on her uh, and leaving her bloody and battered because, you know, things change as this dream goes along and uh, we get closer to her becoming the dragon.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the other part of that is that she, she felt she couldn't look behind her. Yeah, and again, that that for me goes to the whole idea of this dream being like this corridor is her life's path, right. and she obviously she has good reasons not to look behind her now because there's a lot of misery now in her right. life,
0: absolutely. And, yeah. and
1: the the red door is what she's hoping for the the sense of home that that gives her exactly. And, uh, yes, um, but what is that? Is is that now the Iron Throne for herself? Right.
0: Yeah, because uh, Viserys used to talk about home when he would refer to Westeros, and she would think, to her, home is the big house and bravos with the lemon tree and the red door. So, yeah, I think that red door represents getting back to something comfortable, something she can relate to and understand. But then the scene switches, and again, the disembodied voice says, you don't want to wake the dragon, do you? And uh, she and Droger in the Dothraki Sea... um, Making out, I guess you'd say. And uh, she whispers to Drogo, home, but then huge wings sweep across the sky and burn everything in sight. So go on then. You help me with what you
1: think about this one then.
0: To me, this one felt like her life in the Kalasar and her life with Drogo was becoming her home. She was starting to feel at home in this life. Uh, But now with Drogo gone, so is the feeling of home. And last chapter when drogo was dying she thought about how she was getting everything she she had a place where she belonged she had a man who loved her she was having you know his baby they were going to go to westeros and she was losing everything so uh with drogo dying she's losing her sense of home in the dothraki sea with the dothraki and now only her Targaryenness remains, which is represented by the dragon burning everything in sight.
1: Yeah, I, I see that, and 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 I think it's it's a very good interpretation. The one thing is though, there's there's a sense here in the dream that the Targaryenness is destroying the Dothrakiness. Yes, right, yeah, which is not really what's happened, I don't think. I mean, she might now become you know, true Targaryen because of what's befallen her. But I don't really feel like it was her being a Targaryen that led to the downfall of Kaldrogo, Drogo.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I don't think it is. Uh, uh, I think I think it's just symbolizing the only thing she has left is her Targaryenness.
1: Right. So Miriam Asdur said you always knew what deal you were making. You knew you were going to lose your son to keep the car. Right. But you chose it anyway. And so that does perhaps hint at Danny was Danny's targarianness came through. Well, obviously, some of that is just love for Khal Drogo, right. but maybe she was willing to sacrifice the future for herself. You know what I mean? Sure.
0: Yeah, she was willing to give up uh, Rego for the benefit of having the her, the cow still with her. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the the fact that we still have the full sentence you don't want to wake the dragon do you to me felt like at this point in her life she still just wanted to be Drogo's wife and the mom the yeah. mother of the stallion who mounts the world let them seek the glory she still doesn't want to wake the dragon she doesn't want to be the dragon
1: right because because as this gets repeated it gets shortened exactly. and more and more words are dropped from it yes. right i see what you're saying yeah
0: because the next yeah. thing we get is the next scene which is it the disembodied voice now shortens it to don't want to wake the dragon, do you? Which is only shortening by the word you. But it is getting shorter. And we see Jorah sitting around a fire saying Rhaegar was the last dragon. And there are stone eggs smoldering in the coals of that fire. And uh, now she... Earlier, she was saying she knew she couldn't look behind her. Now she she knows that there's a darkness behind her, and that the door, the red door, is so far away. And he says, "Rhaegar was the last dragon," and he begins. Uh, Jorah himself begins to fade away into nothingness. To me, it felt like her turning to her her oldest brother, Rhaegar as the the dragon but who she never knew right because he he she was told he was the last dragon but he's gone so he can't be the last dragon now he can't be the dragon anymore and remember she tried putting the eggs in the fire in the chapter with the wine assassin and when that didn't work nothing happened she remember she remembered Jorah's words Rhaegar was the last dragon and I kind of felt like him fading away was symbol of, symbolism of the truth of his statement that Rhaegar was the last dragon, fading away as she emerges as candidate for mm. her to be the last dragon. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so it mentions the the darkness behind her, and later Miri says that the grave casts long shadows, and I thought maybe, maybe that was the darkness. Of whatever was in the tent. The shadows of whatever was in the tent that, um, you know, Miri was interacting with when Jorah carried Danny in there. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Yeah, because, because obviously this dream
1: sequence comes at a moment in the book where you're going to combine both the immediate things that are happening. Cal Drogo potentially dying, losing the baby with the sort of like symbolism of, you know, future portents and
0: past. Yeah. It's kind of like lives all coming together right here in this fever dream.
1: Yeah. So the next time we hear the same words, it is the same words again. Don't want to wake the dragon. Do you? Um, and obviously, this time it's Viserys, and he obviously he's clearly not the answer to um, the, the dragon. Although he is the the author of the words,
0: he um, he wasn't the dragon when he was alive. Well, now exactly, that he's dead,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. he screams things we heard him scream before. The, the the dragon does not beg. You do not command the dragon. You know the the kind of very self centered things that he would shout about himself. Yeah. I am the dragon and I will be crowned uh, just before Drogo did crown him. Yeah, not how he had planned, Uh, though, I guess. Right. And so in the dream, she sees him with the molten gold burning channels in his face, which is not very nice. Right. Um, And his fingers snapped like snakes. Um, uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he did that. That actually happened when they got into that fight in the Dothraki Sea when... She saw it for the first time and told Jorah, keep everybody back. I want to go in by myself. And he came riding down in and said, you do not command the dragon. And then he's, he started like grabbing her and pinching her and stuff. And, uh, yeah. So I guess she's, she's seeing that in her dream as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and um,
0: remember right before she, right as he was dying, actually, I guess it was right after he died at during the feast uh she thought at the time he's no dragon fire can't kill a dragon
1: yeah Uh, so the next time we hear the words they're shortened again to just don't want to wake the dragon so no question this time just a statement yep um and now she sees the red door very far away and icy breath behind her if it catches her she'll she'll die a death which is far more than death uh, she'd be howling forever in the darkness. So naturally enough, she starts to run <laughs> from that. Good idea. And she would Good herself.
0: Idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, she's still resisting the idea of her as the dragon, still trying to get to the red door of her childhood, clinging to the comfort of familiarity. But it also feels like this is a nod to what's going on in Westeros. A little bit, yeah. yeah that's or. kind of what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. possibly a nod. To the others, you know, becoming a white seems like a death far more than death. You might right, be howling yes. forever yeah. alone in the darkness. Yeah, it also that's,
1: that's def definitely something that, that uh I, I mean, again, trying to bring all the strands of the book together in this dream. They definitely seem to be doing that here.
0: Yeah. And also I thought, you know, she feels like fire can't kill a dragon, but maybe ice can kill a dragon. Right. So yeah. You know th- this yeah. iciness coming up behind her might be a real danger yeah. for her. She
1: doesn't run from fire in her dreams; she runs from ice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah and then it repeats uh, the disembodied voice repeats itself again. Don't want to wake the dragon. And now we get to see Rago, and he's tall and proud, and he's got he's basically a great mix of Danny and Khal Drogo. He's got Drogo's copper skin and Danny's silver gold hair and violet eyes, and he smiles and reaches out for. Danny but right then he is consumed by fire from within and she cries but her tears turn to steam on her skin and yeah you know, to me this just felt like possibly he too was not the dragon because he was consumed from fire from within and she doesn't she feels Rock. like the fire can't kill the dragon so yeah and now this is the end of the procession of male heirs falling there's there's none left but her and uh you know, Rhaego was the last male heir, so maybe he could have been the, the dragon and carried on the Targaryen effort, but he's gone, so if she wants yeah. to return the Targaryens to their former glory, it's gonna be up to her. Yeah.
1: And of course at this point she she's still she's still having the dream, so she doesn't know that Rego's gone. She may some mm. intuit it, but right. she doesn't know that. She's not been confirmed. Right. So um this time the words get shortened again to just want to wake the dragon. So yes. no longer a question and also Perhaps inverted. Yes. Perhaps someone saying, "We do
0: want to wake Ex- the dragon." Exactly. Very opposite from how we started yes. with, "You don't want to wake the dragon," do you? Even yes. different from the just the previous scene with, "Don't want to wake the dragon." Right. Now we want to wake the dragon.
1: Yeah. So the um, now the now ghosts line the hallway and they're dressed like kings. They hold swords of pale fire. They have hair of silver and gold like uh, Targaryen ancestors. Right. They have eyes of opal, amethyst, tourmaline, and jade. They're urging her faster, and her footsteps are melting the stone. Um, she feels a searing pain down her back. She smells burning blood. She feels the shadow of wings upon her. And
0: she flies. She, yeah, yeah, she flies. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like the, um, ancestors, you know, ancient kings of the uh, Targaryens, urging her to believe in herself. And, you know, but what took me off guard was the eye color, because I don't think of those colors, opal, amethyst, tourmaline, and jade as being purple or violet. But I did a little Google research, and all those stones are, they come in purple. So, you know, jade okay. is associated with green mostly, but you can get purple uh. jade stone. So... Do, do have have
1: they all had the sort of violet eyes, or have there been exceptions? I think there have been exceptions, haven't there?
0: Uh probably some that aren't, you know, inbred. Targaryen both sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think that's a general Valerian trait, is the uh purple eyes.
1: Purple eyes, okay.
0: And and to contrast
1: with what you were talking about before, I was talking before about her footsteps bleeding because she was, you know, the a cost was being paid in other people's blood, but you were suggesting it was her own pain and anguish. And now her feet are melting the stones. She's not leaving bloody footprints. She's melting stones right. as she goes.
0: Now she is enforcing her it. will and her intimidation on right. the world. You know, she is the dragon. Yeah, hear me roar. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's. I, I. You know, it felt to me in this particular instance. You know, she she mentioned she could smell her burning blood and unlike the others the the men we've we've seen in this dream so far she is channeling the fire rather than being consumed by the fire right
1: right 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 good yeah so i
0: think that feels like the difference at this point but yeah. then we get even even more direct with the disembodied voice instead of saying uh want to wake the dragon now it just says wake the dragon so it's a command wake the dragon <laughs> right and she's flying, and, you know, she she's the, very close to the door now, the red door that used to be so far away. But she leaves the stone corridor, and she flies over the Doth- rocky Sea, and all flee in terror from her. A- and she sees the, um, she can see home beyond the red door. She sees green fields and great stone houses, and then she throws open the door at uh, at this point.
1: Yep. So, yeah, I mean, clearly she's beginning to realize in the dream that she herself can be the dragon. She doesn't need to right. rely on those others. She's not going to be consumed by the fire. She's, she can channel it. Yeah, yep. And also that the red door isn't necessarily just a door into a safe home, but it could be the door to something uh, beyond that.
0: Yeah. Bigger sights than just the ha- yeah. house in Bravos, her an- ancestral home where her Iron Throne sits. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And lastly, the last time the disembodied voice speaks, it simply says, the dragon. Uh And now she sees Rhaegar again in his famous black armor. And she hears Jorah reminding, you know, saying the words, last dragon again. So again, we're reminded that's who everyone thinks was the last dragon. Jorah insists he was the last dragon. saying it here in the dream. But when she opens Rhaegar's visor, it's her own face looking out.
0: Yep. And that, that, this one feels I don't know to me it felt pretty obvious <laughs> yes it's getting more and more heavy handed this dream <laughs> yes uh, you know that she is the last dragon you know that's what that's what we get here
1: yeah and and actually I wonder just thinking about Rhaegar a little bit I mean obviously obviously that is what this dream is trying to tell her clearly it's right. tra- telling her that and I, the contrast the contrast with Rhaegar is quite Interesting because he threw away the throne because of his love of Liana Stark, right? Yeah, Daenerys has just lost everyone she loves, and that's opened the door uh-huh. to her taking the throne back. So it's kind of like a
0: yeah, yeah,
1: sort of coming full
0: circle, right? Yeah, I just, like that. It's, I think that, yeah, the dream is showing her that she will rise wherever Viser- Viserys fell. She has much better leadership leadership abilities than the uh, Viserys do- did. And, you know, maybe she can do this thing. Maybe she can uh, lead an army to Westeros and take back the Iron Throne.
1: Well, we've flown high with this new dragon, but then she wakes up in a tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all we that power us. she had as yeah. a dragon. It's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> she sees the embers and remembers her dream it snaps her back to reality if she wants to reclaim her throne it's going to be a process uh but the dream yeah. has shown her it's possible
0: yeah yeah and uh you know she says her body feels like it's been torn to pieces and remade from scraps and to me that felt like possibly a nod to a new beginning for danny she's yeah. starting from scratch on her own nobody to constrain her but also nobody to follow so yeah. if she's going to if she's going to do this she's now the the front runner here.
1: Yeah, so Miriam Azor is yeah. still around, um, not necessarily because she chooses to be. If I, if I were Miriam Mazdor, I'd be taking strides to get away from this place. But uh, yeah, she comes you know, and goes, and she's obviously tending <laughs> to Danny.
0: Yeah, she has to strongly suspect that Danny is not going to be pleased when she wakes up. So I was thinking uh, in this scene, like, because she. Danny kind of comes and goes from consciousness. There's a few little scenes of Danny coming and going, and it, it feels like mazdor is tending to her. You know, she's like, "What do you need, Khaleesi? What, what what do you want?" And like giving her potions and stuff to help her sleep. And and I thought, why not just poison her and finish her off? I mean, no yeah. one's going to be able to tell if she if she died due to poison. Why is she nursing her back to health?
1: The only thing I would say to that is that there's D De- has only one fan in the entire Khalasar, and that is Daenerys Targaryen. And, now at the likely, point where <laughs> Likely she's lost that fan, but yes. she certainly hasn't gained any new ones. So you right. might as well try and nurse the fan
0: back to health. I guess, but man, when she finds out what she's given up and what she's gotten in return, she's gonna be mad. Yes. So I, I was thinking like maybe it was like to finish what she started and see the Khaleesi, who so foolishly trusted her, witness how badly things ended up for her and her people.
1: Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely think there's a bit of that. It's kind of like, you know... I got my revenge, and I just want you to know that I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just look around to
0: see the look on your face when I got my revenge. Exactly. That's kind of like, I was thinking, what else could it be? But that, I mean, yeah, I'm sure if she could have gotten away, she would probably leave. And I doubt she's got that ability. But she could, like, just. Finish Danny off, here, yeah, yeah. You know, and then serve up so a big feast to,
1: to everyone with a bit more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why don't you all yeah. have some of this?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So Danny again feels the eggs as hot, twisting, stretching. Jora touches them; they're cold and scaly. Um, yeah. So again, that. Danny's connected to the eggs in some way, and they to her. But are they actually alive, or is it just all part of her dream?
0: Yeah, she did just wake from a. Fever Dream, where she dreamt about fire and dragons and stuff, so, you know, could just be some uh, leftover yeah. effect from that, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Danny wants to
1: know about Rago. Uh, Jora is hesitant to tell her. Miriamazdor, <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound,
0: I guess tells so. her that <laughs>
1: Rago was scaly with a stub tail, leathery bat like wings, and full of grave worms and the stink of corruption. He'd been dead for years.
0: Yeah, it was that part that Jorah says the women said that he was and couldn't finish the sentence. Couldn't say what the women said that Rego was. So it sounds like more than just Miri Mazdor saw what Rego was. Right, but yeah. the dead for years thing made me feel like maybe it was not, this whole thing wasn't literal. That he just was born dead but because but I think of... There's- I think that the blood magic caused
1: something more than just the baby to die. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's what I think has happened here. That that sort of like all the death that was being channeled out of Caldroga went into him, and so he he didn't just die. It was oh, by the right. way, my, my cousin had a baby. Oh well, congratulations, congratulations, Louise. Welcome, baby Lily. No, no leathery bat wings. <laughs> oh, good, that's great. I've seen pictures. Looks great.
0: <laughs> we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two, if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrialcom hall You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah. So Danny says back to that to Miri of uh, that he was alive and strong in the in her womb moments before when Jor- Jorah carried her, her into the tent, and Miri Mazdor doubles down and says that may be what it may be, but I'm telling you, he looked like I just described when I birthed him myself. So it, it seems pretty literal. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the dead for years thing that. I don't quite get what she meant by that. I guess it, like the baby looked like it was decomposed already. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what did Mary M- M- Mary Mazdor intend intend? Uh, so yeah. Danny has thought uh, more than once that Jorah killed Rago by taking her into the tent, and I think that's true.
0: Yes, he it definitely did. I agree. Yeah. So uh, what boils down to to me then is like, what did Mary Masdor intend? And what was happy accident for right, her. Right, yeah. You know? like, Mirri Mazdor said death was in the tent. And Jorah says, it was only shadows. And uh, Mary, this is where Mirri Mazdor says, the grave casts long shadows. And, you know, it definitely feels like when Jorah carried Danny in there, it, it led to um, Rago dying. I mean, that seems pretty legit.
1: Yeah, no, I know where you're going with this. I, but this could almost be pedantry. because Because... Absolutely, Mirmazdor told her to stay out of the tent. Jora brought her into the tent. mirmazdor says you knew which life was paying for which life you always knew right. it was a lie you were telling yourself. so then, what was mirmazdor's plan? What's just random right yeah, i mean
0: exactly like so she knew that the life paying for the life was Rego's life for Khal Drogo's life, so I <laughs> but was maybe, just like,
1: maybe as a sorceress she knew Danny was headed back into the tent no matter what. That that was an inevitability of it.
0: Right. Yeah. Kind of like street magic trick where the magician guesses the card before the person even picks it, you know, like writes it down and and then the person pulls that card and they're like, see, like they this magic was inevitably going to get Rego into that tent. Or, yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Because later, after seeing Drogo and Danny and Mary Mazdor having it out, Danny says, you knew what I was paying for and you let me do it. You murdered my child. And Mary Mazdor, she doesn't deny it. She says, the stallion amounts of world won't, will burn no cities now, will trample no nations now. So, you know, it's, it certainly feels like she fully expected yeah.
1: that this it was the trade It feels like here. Sajora was a hapless patsy in this whole yes, thing. He was yes. just fulfilling exactly what was already preordained.
0: And Danny multiple times says that the darkness in the tent had affected Jorah as well. And she also uh, says that Jorah knows that it was him that killed her baby, that fed her baby to the darkness. And she says she she could tell by his gray face, his hollow eyes, and his limp. And I was like, "Eh, the limp might be attributed to Koholo's an Arak that that (laughs) dug into his hip bone. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that might have something to do with the limp.
1: So multiple times Danny thinks, if I look back, I'm lost. And, you know, I mean, yeah, this is one of those things where you could, you could lose yourself in thinking about the decisions you've made and what they've led to. Yeah. you, You, do the very British thing and just package that away and ignore it and move on with your life.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, she she has to stay strong if she if she thinks about what she's lost and you know her role in all this. Right. She will crumble into a ball of yeah. just tears and, and, and emotion. And I think
1: it's the role that's the, the the hardest part. You can think about what you've lost and be sad and move on, but your role in it is the bit that's going to always tear right. you apart.
0: Yeah. And she mentions that she, when Jikui tells her that Rego didn't survive, she thinks to herself, I knew this. I always knew this. I knew this since the dream. And she remembers having in the dream. And she thinks, I should weep for him, but I can't. I did all my weeping in my dream. And, you know, it all turned to steam. I've had it all burnt out of me. So Hmm. all her emotions have been burnt out of her at this point. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So she discovers that Calais has gone. Only a hundred remain: the sick, the old, the children of parents who didn't really care about them. Um, Apparently, (laughs) Jora explains that the Calais the khalasar split into a dozen new khalasars and um, exactly what he said was going to happen. The only, the only difference is that they're still alive. He didn't expect right. that to happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: uh, Danny got lucky here that Rego died perhaps because uh, that right. was kind of the one thing that was her death sentence.
0: Right, we had talked about that last Danny chapter that yeah. Rego's prophecy is very likely be their death sentence.
1: Yeah, so... Eroe, who was her new handmaiden, who was brought in just to get slapped, if you remember. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> was raped by Mago, uh and Kaljoko and the Jacko and the Blood Riders and then killed. So a short, unhappy life for Eroe in
0: the book. Yes, unfortunately. Gosh, very tragic. But Mago was the one that was actively raping her when Danny stopped it. In the Lazarene village, and he's the one that came to Khal Drogo and complained that Danny. Oh,
1: Mago was <laughs> raping. Irro. Oh, yeah. so so in actual fact, he finished off the job now.
0: Yes, charming, charming. I think that's exactly but, what. But, to... but
1: Mago wasn't the one that got into the fight with Khal Drogo.
0: No, ah, uh, that was in the TV show. Ah, uh... remember in the. In the book,
1: oh you're right I'm thinking of the just... TV show that's right <laughs> yeah that's right because he totally did I was like that guy wasn't alive to rape her what are you talking about
0: because <laughs> in the TV show he was the one that slashed Kaldrogo, right yes that exactly. caused the wound in the first exactly, place
1: exactly yes. but in the book
0: he'd already received the wounds in the battle yes Mago know? basically in the book just came up kind of complained hey, to Koholo hey. that yeah she I was I was doing something here, and she messed it up. Yeah. So uh, don't
1: know where to go now with this. Sorry, <laughs> I've messed uh, this up terribly.
0: Because of, of, of Aroa's fate, Danny threatens a worse fate to uh, now Kyle Joko, and Mago and the uh, the other members, the other Dothraki members of that are here with her. Are, are like, well, you see, Kalisi, he is now a cow with a 20,000-strong So <laughs> we, we have like, a
1: 100-not-strong <laughs> khalasar. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm the blood of the dragon. You should have been in my dream. I was scaring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in my dream?
1: <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, they didn't so stick cool. around for your dream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, if this is true and that, 20,000 members of the Kalasar went with Kaljoko now, now, then that's half the Kalisar went with him. Yeah, so yeah. the other 11, because Jorah says you know, there are a dozen now, where there once was just one, the other 11 must be significantly smaller. They must, like the yeah. the real strength must have followed Kalzako. Yeah. So, so
1: Kal Drogo is still alive, uh, but he is in a catatonic state. Mary doors said, "You got what you asked for. He's alive." Yeah. She also, Mary doors, seems to tell Danny that she won't be able to have any more children.
0: It sure seems like that because yeah. um, she says, you know, like we said in the summary, when will he be revived? When will he be back to the way that he was? And one of the things she says is, "When you birth a live child." And the other things that she includes in that list are pretty. Low odds like the sun rising on the wrong side of the planet and the mountains blowing in the wind and so if if she's equating those things to Danny having a live birth it certainly seems yes, like I would agree. not gonna happen but is it because is it because she's cursed you know because uh, like of what happened in that tent or the, was it the birthing that you know the birthing process that went bad it could be a lie maybe she's just yeah, trying to you yeah. know more misery throw shade exactly right yeah so anyway
1: so Jura will be listening intently and will be saying well, we could try <laughs> <sighs> Um so danny's obviously this is the bit where danny says you knew what i was buying and what the cost was and you didn't stop me you should have stopped yeah. me, you know
0: and Mary Mazdor's response, she doesn't try and defend herself in any way. She says her her immediate response back to that was, it was wrong of them to burn my temple. Not like I tried all that I could, but the cow wouldn't listen. You know, He was a bad guy anyway and destroyed the village. So I took advantage of his mistake and brought the khalasar down. No, no explanation. Just it was wrong of them to burn my village yeah
1: <laughs> i and think at this point she knows her goose is cooked you know so she's like well yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have done it if you didn't want me to treat you badly it is kind of rough on danny though she was the uh you know she reminds us she was the one who saved her but miriam's right. door says but you saved me from my fourth rape three had already been in there before you arrived so
0: yep uh, yeah and they they burned my temple. They burned my house. I saw the head of a baker who baked my bread. I saw the head of a child that I'd recently healed. And, you know, the thing about burning the temple is they must have done that after she patched up Caldrogo because she went in, they went into her temple to patch up Caldrogo. That's right. It's true. So, you know, That's- it's possible that at that point, maybe she was still trying to be helpful. But the fact that. She saw the head of the baker and the head of the child and heard the children crying as they were driven off. It seems unlikely that she was legitimately <laughs> yes. trying to help this him. Feels
1: this feels like a revelation of a plan that's been going ever since, rather than... right A exactly. week or so after the events that I'm about to describe, I got very angry about them and changed right. my behavior. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely feels premeditated. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, if we were seeing all this through, if we weren't seeing all this through Danny's POV, then we might see Miri as the hero here because she's getting revenge on a brutal, ruthless regime that chopped off heads of children and bakers and, you know, drove children into slavery. So, you know, Miri looks like the, the bad guy here, but that's because we're getting this from Danny's perspective.
1: Yeah, I will say, though, that Danny was the one person trying to help. And yeah. she does seem yeah. the target of most of Miri's revenge.
0: You're right. And yes. for
1: that reason, it just feels a little harsh. But, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. So the chapter ends with Danny trying everything she can think of to revive uh, Khal Drogo. Um, she talks to him, she tries her feminine wiles, she gives him a bath, you know. But nothing happens. Uh, she, uh, Eventually, she just gives up and sticks the pillow over his face, and uh, he is no more.
0: Yeah. She started out with some hope. She thought, you know, maybe there are maybe there's spells stronger and, and better than whatever Miri Mazdor did to him. But eventually, I guess she realizes none of it's going to work. So, that's that's the end of uh Khal Drogo.
1: Yes, Caldrogo Drogo joins Ned Stark in the... Uh...
0: The Nightlands.
1: The Nightlands. I knew it was. I was going to say Darklands, but I was like, that's not right. It's something
0: else. <laughs> who who would have ever thought? You know, not that long ago, that Khal Drogo's death would be by pillow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he that's Nurmazdo's look... ultimate revenge, right? there. Right. You know, he, he gets to the Nightlands, and they're all you know talking about how how they died. On oh, an Iraq to the neck, and you know, I was I was burned by a flaming arrow. How about you, Drogo? Uh there's a pillow involved. <laughs>
1: I got a nasty nick, and then I had some <laughs> dodgy poultice, and then my wife smothered me with a pillow. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> die man. with your boots on. <clears throat> After a bath.
0: <laughs> right, yes. He, he did have a nice bath, and his hair brushed out first. So
1: it's <laughs> a so background, you have something.
0: Yeah, sure. So it it does seem like Miriam Asdor was being pretty literal about her description of Rego. I I think we we decided that that it does seem pretty legit, but, you know, would not be without precedent in Targaryen history. If you remember Alice Haraway, Magor's second wife that had a child described as monstrous, eyeless, and twisted. Uh, Of course, Tiana later admitted to poisoning the child in utero, so... Don't know how that poison may have affected the child. That that was a I believe a background in the last Arya chapter. Then we get to uh Rhaenyra Targaryen. She was the only child and heir to King Viserys the First Targaryen. And she featured heavily in the Dance of the Dragons, that which is the bloody Targaryen Civil War that pitted her against her younger half brother Aegon the Second for the Iron Throne. Now she married her uncle Prince Daemon Targaryen, it was her second marriage, and her sixth child, named Visenya, her third with uh, her uncle Daemon, um, and whose labor was set off by anger over the news of her brother Aegon the Second usurping her throne, that child was stillborn and premature, and it's said that Visenya had a dragon-like birth defect; that she was described as having been. Twisted and malformed, with a hole in her chest where her heart should have been, and a stubby, scaled tail. It's also said that Princess Rhaenyra had cursed Visenya while giving birth by calling her a monster. The actual quote is, monster, monster, get out, get out, get out! Rhaenyra was also the mother of two kings, Aegon III, who we did a previous background section on him, and his younger brother, Viserys II, so... Dragon-like birth defects are somewhat... They're, they happen sometimes. Yeah, they do happen
1: with the target Family yeah. history, uh, I guess. That's, that's, that's a good collection. I mean, like, you know, there was just one, you might not think. But that, that's that's two fairly decent examples. So. And now yeah, we have a third. A third, right. Yeah. So in comparison with the television show, I mean, basically, the whole dream is skipped. I mean, there's just no dream. We see Danny okay. get up. Sajor is there. He feels bad. Uh he takes her to Kaldrogo, she hears about Rago, she confronts Miri Mazdoor, Miri Mazdoor admits to her crimes, basically, uh and then uh Daenerys tries and fails to raise Kaldrogo and smothers him. So okay. all pretty much captured apart from the dream. Of course the dream Because we're near the end of the book now, the dream is kind of like a sort of like a a recapitulation and a sort of like a forward projection of where would the story might go. And so True. Yeah. would have been nice to have in the TV show, but probably a little bit, I don't know. I don't know if it would be too spoilery in the TV show or. Yeah. There's just, less
0: storylines and stuff in the TV show. So maybe yeah, it would. Uh, yeah. They had to keep it under, under control. The number yeah. of things they're trying to juggle. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, for folks who, haven't read the book the tv show can be complicated enough you know just figuring yeah, out what's going on yeah. with what they did include <laughs> yeah so pedantry there isn't
1: much i mean you you raised the point that that we know that the temple wasn't burned because that's where cal was healed but i guess they could have burned it afterwards seems like
0: yeah I, right when i read it i thought why would they then you know after she went and healed him and then they're like, okay, now burn the temple. Yeah. <laughs> last last man out, throw the flames. <laughs> that seemed a bit much, but you know. Yeah, and then and then almost everything
1: involving me about is borderline pedantry, because you know, she is doing things which are clearly self-sabotage.
0: Yes. And, right. And
1: some of it we don't know whether or not it's legit or not, or you know, some of it we don't know if she's just falling sort of happily into accidents that work in her favour, or if uh you know Yeah she's yeah. been plotting this all along. This is her perfect endgame for her. I
0: I don't know that she would have ever gotten back into Danny's good graces, but if maybe some of these things were happy accidents, if she was pointing that out, like I didn't plan that, that wasn't me, that wasn't me, <laughs> that, that might help a little bit, you know. It's like like a
1: sort of terrorist group that claims everything. Oh, that was us, right? <laughs> right. They never do anything; they just claim everything that
0: happens. Yeah. Um. News and notes. So news and notes. We we got a uh, an email from a listener named Tammy, and uh, she teaches a class on a, ga- a game of thrones how cool Uh-oh. is that
1: oh i'm worried <laughs> now we're gonna get schooled
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh and she just suggested back in the aria chapter you might remember some of our pedantry discussion was how aria if the city is surrounded by walls how she was coming and going from the river so freely and tammy suggested that we look at Dubrovnik, Croatia, to get an idea of how King's Landing's walls, because that's where King's Landing was filmed in the TV show, how King's Landing's walls could keep Arya in and still allow access to the Blackwater Rush. Ah. And um, I hadn't heard back from her on this, but what I got from looking at at the pictures and maps like she suggested is it seems like there are cutouts in the walls down near the water that allow it coming and going. From the water's edge, but you would still need a boat to get across the river.
1: Right, 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 yeah.
0: Now, it would also huh. explain how Arya came out of the, came out at the river from the dungeons, and how she got back to the Red Keep so easily, without, there'd be no need to go back through the mud gate. Of course, back then, the mud gate wasn't blocked to her, but... Anyway, I thought that was uh pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was great to hear from you Tammy and um, we'd definitely like to hear more from you.
0: Yeah, we're we're kinda a little bit kind of trying to put something together with Tammy that might be pretty cool. I Ooh. don't want to go too much into detail in case it doesn't work out, but You can tell you know. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you read that email, didn't you? I did. I, I told I did. you, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you read the uh, Facebook message we got from Dammy, though, did you? No, I don't think I, so. I think I told you. I sent you an instant message at work I, about it. But. But yeah, me and Facebook. I just Whenever I try to go to Facebook on
1: my phone, it just doesn't work for some reason. And then I take my phone to Carson like I'm 80, and she sort of like <laughs> enters a few things, and then Facebook works for like the next two days, and then it starts working again. I have to go back to it. And I, I, I feel so old and pathetic.
0: Well, I think the the point of that story is if you want to reach Simon, send us an email. Yes. <laughs> that he knows how to work email.
1: I do. I do.
0: <laughs> well, Demi uh sent us a, a Facebook message and he enjoyed our 50th anniversary episode. He said he really liked our questions and he said that he listens while he's doing chores well, and it really uh, uh, Sorry, McKay, sorry to interrupt.
1: Off. Just sorry to interrupt. What was our 50th an- episode?
0: It was a question and answer one. Oh, Molly with, with Molly, everyone. the one with Molly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, that was good. That was good.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: he uh, he listened. We, we've done to so us. many
1: specials now. I get confused <laughs> between them all. That's true. Uh,
0: and uh, he uh, said, "Congratulations on your U.S. citizen oh, citizenship." Well, thank so, you. thank you.
1: Yes. So, yeah, I, I because of Carson self-isolating, I had to do all the Thanksgiving cooking on my own.
0: Oh wow! Your your first Thanksgiving as a citizen, and you got stuck doing all the work. Oh no! But he went You're like, from... "Can I give this citizenship back? This is <laughs> yes. what I what I signed up for." As I, as I told
1: her, I said, "I like to have the Thanksgiving cooking on my plate, literally, right? <laughs> Not so much metaphorically." Uh, well, thank you, Demi. I appreciate that. All right, let's conclude. So, um, did Miriam Azdo plan this all along? I'm thinking she did. Yeah, it more certainly more. feels like it.
0: I've read, you know, I've read online discussions where people argue that she didn't plan it, but it certainly to me feels like she did plan this. Yeah, she says Danny knew the price ahead of time, but she didn't control Jora bringing the baby into the tent, but I mean you have to think that that, that the price was going to get paid one way or another. Yeah. You know, even even if Koholo hadn't shown up and the whole fight hadn't broken out, and you know, Danny went into labor and some midwife, D- Dothraki midwife, birth, uh was was started the birthing process, things were going to go wrong some way or another.
1: Yeah. She did seem to try to heal Drogo, at least to me. I'm not a medical man. <laughs> right. But then the vitriol she just spewed about the Dothraki and her lack of remorse suggests that she was never really trying to help.
0: No, and when confronted, she gave absolutely no rationale as to why. No no attempt to explain how things may have gone wrong. She she just like, yeah, well, I did it because uh, you guys are jerks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are bullies of the Dothraki Sea, and I don't want to take it anymore.
1: And, and her taking care of Danny whilst uh, in her fever... Um, was tempered somewhat by what she then said to her when she woke up, which was like taking great delight in having ruined your life while you were asleep.
0: Exactly. It goes back to my whole thing. Like, what was she, why not just finish her off? She's in a very weakened state, just like you could have easily finished her off, but it does feel like she wanted to rub it in Danny's face. How everything has gone so horribly wrong. And it was Danny's call, not, not call like call Drogo, but C-A-L-L call. Gotcha, that gotcha. all this started in the first place. Yeah,
1: but what next for for Danny? I mean, no khalasar, a hundred basically hungry mouths to feed.
0: Right. <laughs> Even better if all hundred had gone and yeah, it was just yeah. like the the group there. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they still got they... our
1: handmaidens, but uh, yeah. they're vulnerable to other Dothraki groups. They're
0: in the middle of You know, of one no thing. Where... One thing I wondered about is, uh, I think it's. Jaco says you know like they all left everybody left we we were too few to stop them uh, the only folks that remained were us that swore which you know to me means swore to protect Danny and i wonder if drogo had died before the last Kalasar rode out if they would have been like oh, wait 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 <laughs> wait for me <laughs> because that you know, the, it sounds like they're saying we swore a vow to protect you to the cow, and so we stayed with you. Yeah. But if the cow died, then you know mm. they could have, yeah. Uh, you know, that that vow might have been broken. So it felt to me like they were staying with Danny, not so much because of their love for Danny, but because they took a vow to the cow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So can Danny be the last be the last dragon? Oh well, I mean, not necessarily the last dragon, but the. The next dragon,
0: right? Uh, the the current only dragon, the
1: current only <laughs> dragon, exactly. Yeah, um, it's going to take something though to get her to uh, to the Iron Throne now because she lost the forty thousand Dothraki screamers who would have made yeah. that a lot easier.
0: Yeah, it's a long way from you know, yeah that particular yeah. Uh, achievement at the moment.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, easier to get across on your own. Right, yeah, yeah. And just You don't need as many yeah. boats now,
0: but right. one one should do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Succeeding <laughs> when you get there has become a lot more difficult. Right. But she, will she turn herself into the Dash Khalid? Mean, <laughs> I'm guessing no. <laughs> I'm, guessing,
1: yeah. I'm guessing when she sort of weighs up the pros and cons of all that's gone right. on here, she'll be like, Well, at least I'm not being dragged up to the Dash Kaleen.
0: I wonder if the, the her her costs that is, you know, with her right now will insist, like, hey, 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 hey. We're still Dothraki, and the rules state that the Khaleesi has to go to the Dosh Khaleen. So, yeah. but
1: then, that's but what then, we're what doing. is what what what's in it for them? I mean,
0: oh yeah, yeah.
1: Because then, I guess you're in you're in via Dothraki, and maybe maybe you tout yourself to other uh, right, yeah, catch Kallisars on with a
0: new Calasar because, because it Dothrak, seems like. Yeah. If if you don't, then you end up being the slave, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, because when they, it seems like when they take over another, when they destroy another Kalasar, they take their people as slaves right. instead of as. That's a good point. Actually, that
1: that is a good reason for the cast to take her to Vice Dothrak. I would say because you fulfill that part. You might even have sort of like it might even be a sort of passport across the Dothraki Sea because you might say, whoa, 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 we're taking her to the Dothraque. right yeah you know, like flashing your badge like a police right exactly officer. <laughs> and then when you get there you're like well no we're free let's see whilst nobody can fight with us let's see if anybody's right. interested in our yeah,
0: yeah. exactly alright well as always you can reach us at heronhall at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at Ghost hall. we're on facebook instagram and youtube
1: and if you could leave us a review especially one with lots of stars um, that More would the be better, most welcome Okay. Very much. Thanks for listening.
0: Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.